now joined by Coach Jackie Cheryl uh, here in the Swain event. Coach Cheryl, good morning. Thank you so much for, for being on with us today. You're welcome. How are you doing today? I am wonderful. I'm, before we get started, Coach, I want to tell you this because I know we talked yesterday for a little bit, and you asked uh, about Charles Davis and looked up when he played. I had Charles Davis on the program this morning, and the first thing he did was to uh, tell me, to tell you, hi. He wanted me to tell you, hey, and, and wish you all the best and thinking about you. So he told me to tell you, hey. Good. Thank you. Uh, Coach, I remember five years ago, uh, we did the show up at the Low T Center, Johnson City. It was you and it was Coach Majors, and you just sit there and listen to you guys tell stories. And m- mainly, it was Coach Majors telling stories. And um, Coach, you you have coached at several different stops. You've coached with Coach Majors at several different stops. The first question I asked Coach Majors, uh, excuse me, Charles, about Coach Majors was, "What did Coach Majors mean to him?" And he said that. He lost his father. He doesn't think about his father every day, but he thinks about Coach Majors every single day. I'll ask you, uh, Coach Cheryl, what did Coach Majors mean to you? Well, there wasn't any question. Uh, yeah, very similar. Uh, my mother and father were divorced when I was young. Matter of fact, very young. And when I we, when I'm talking about young men in our positions, the most important people probably in their lives are the coaches because the coaches are the male figures that give you, you know, the dis- discipline, they give you compassion, but they also give you direction. Mm. So, you know, I can understand all the young men, and probably that helped me. In coaching is certainly how I raised, but when I started coaching, I wasn't going to go into coaching. But when I started coaching, I was finishing my uh, master's degree at the University of Arkansas, and I played at Alabama and started it there. And Coach Majors got the job at Iowa State. I walked into his office and asked him to hire me. And he looked at me and he said, well, what can you coach? And I said, coach, if you're a coach, you can coach anything. And he kind of looked at me, but he went to Coach Brawls and Coach Brawls told him, he said, you know, you need to hire him. And that's he gave me my first job, and we were there five years, and he promoted me. Uh, first year, I was the B-team coach. Second year, I was the linebacker coach. Third year, I was the defensive coordinator and linebacker. And, uh, the fourth year, I was the assistant head coach. So we stayed there five years, then went to Pittsburgh, and matter of fact, uh, we were at the Liberty Bowl when he took the job, and he said, Jackie, I want you to go and set everything up in Pittsburgh, which I did. And we were there two years, and I went to uh, 
Washington State as the head coach, but Coach Majors was uh, a very dear friend, and Coach Majors was kind of like a father. You know, I even though they were very, very close, I never used the term other than coach to Coach Majors. And usually when that happens with players to coaches, uh, that means that the respect is also strong. Mm -hmm. Later in life, we became really close, and you kind of saw part of it when we were together, but we had a conversation on Sunday night before he passed, and we talked for about an hour and a half, and, you know, he said he was fine. He said health was good. He was enjoying life. And he was up sitting on his porch and at his house looking overlooking the Tennessee River. And then I get a call Tuesday morning real early from a media person. And I didn't believe him when he said that. So I called Coach Major's cell phone, and his son answered, and sure enough, and what he said was he was on the porch, and the lady that was helping uh, Mary Lent came out, checked on him. He was doing fine, and then she came back out, and he was asleep, and she couldn't wake him up. And he was, uh, he was, he was in the place that you would imagine him to be, you know, right there uh, in the, inside the state of Tennessee, sitting uh, and enjoying what <clears throat> makes Tennessee one of the most beautiful places in, in the world, uh, with the Tennessee River and having that view. And uh, I just know how much Tennessee means means to Coach Majors. Um, when when you guys won that championship there at Pittsburgh, and you know, he got the phone call to come back home to, to Tennessee. I'm pretty sure you were one of the first people that he talked to about it. Uh, what was that conversation like, Coach? Well, I wasn't there. I was at Washington State. Oh, that's right. You but, left. You said Washington State in 76. Right. I'm sorry. But he did talk to me, and it wasn't any question that he was going home. You know, it was kind of like Coach Bryant. You know, when the old story of Coach Bryant, when he was at Texas A&M, and they asked him, you know, why did you leave A&M? And he said, Mama was calling. Mm. So, you know, Coach Coach Majors is a Tennessee treasure. And if you look at his life, you look at his family's life, uh, the whole family, the whole major family uh, were treasures of Tennessee mm. and, you know, born there, all the success that he had, the joy that he brought to so many Tennessee people as a young kid, as a high school player, and then certainly as a college player, and then as a college coach. So 
you know, Coach Majors brought an awful lot of pleasure uh, to people in the state of Tennessee. What would you say to the Hall of Fame voters? You know, Coach Majors is in the Hall of Fame as a player, um, but but not as a coach. And, you know, we had Chris Lowe on earlier, and he wanted me to ask you about that because, you know, yeah. Coach Coach Majors did go back to Pittsburgh to try to rebuild Pittsburgh and, um, you know, su- suffer some losses there, and that kind of hurt his overall record. You know what would what would you say to those to those voters to those decision makers uh, about Coach Majors getting into the Hall of Fame as a coach as well as a player? Well, he should be because you look at his stops at Iowa State. Uh, we lost one year three games, and that was to Nebraska, Oklahoma in Colorado, and they finished one, two, three Mm. in the nation. Mm. Uh, Then you took them to the first bowl games. Uh, Then you look at Pitt, and it was the biggest turnaround ever in college football. So I asked Coach Majors not to go back to Pittsburgh. Uh, And I just said, Coach, there's no way you can repeat what you did there. But he was determined to go back, and he, quite frankly, he was kind of hurt and went back. But to answer your question, Coach Major should be in the Hall of Fame as a coach. And, however, they have a rule that you got to have 60% or higher as when as a winning coach. And there are people in the Hall of Fame that do not have 60% winning record. Mm. So they have made exceptions, and they certainly should make an exception for a coach. Coach Cheryl, I'm curious, when, when you were at Washington State and, and Pittsburgh and Texas A&M, Mississippi State, as the head coach without Coach Majors uh, alongside you, did, did you ever stop during a practice or during a game and, and kind of uh, think, uh, man, I picked that up from, from my time with Coach Majors? Well, I was very fortunate. You know, I played for Coach Bryant and uh, coached for him one year. I coached for Frank Brawls one year, and I coached for Coach Majors eight years. All were different. All were great coaches, great men. Uh, Coach Bright was a man's man. Whatever you want to be in a man, he is. Uh, Coach Brawls was an outstanding businessman. But Coach Majors was probably the best PR guy in the business. He could meet you, and 15 years later, he could tell you where you met, what you said. And he always had the ability and to make people really comfortable around him. And, you know, I would... I hope that I had taken, you know, parts of all of them. 
but Coach Majors, his strength was the ability to say the right thing at the right time. And there's no question that Pittsburgh hired the right coach because he sold the people of Pittsburgh uh, to the program and the program to them that they could win. Mm -hmm. And they won the national championship. Coach Cheryl, uh, I want to I want to get you out on this, and I thank you so much for for your time. And uh, this has just been a sp- special special interview. Uh, hearing your take on Coach Majors, I know how close you you y'all were. Uh, what what kind of emotions are going to be running through through your body, Coach? You know, this weekend, uh, this game is the Johnny Majors Classic. You coached at Pitt. Um, you know, as a head coach, also as an assistant where you won, you know, a championship with Coach Majors. And, you know, you're going to be the honorary uh, captain for, for Pittsburgh, but you're going to be in the home of Johnny Majors. Uh, well, it's held, it's held to fit now. And Coach Majors, would, he'd get mad if I did anything else. <laughs> you know, I, I got to tell you a funny story. Please. Uh, real quick. Please. I asked the players, I mean, asked coaches, I said, you know, on summer reports, I said, I know the personnel. You know, I can look at the, the plays. I said, on the scouting reports, give me things that will help us win that game, whether it's travel, whether it, whatever it is that you can think of. Well, if you remember years ago, Tennessee – field was lined with PV speakers. And I remember as a player how loud it was, but I never knew why. But fast forward, and the PV speakers, and one was, you know, the PV speakers are 10, uh, four feet by three feet, rock band speakers. They lined a speaker up every 10 yards and on the the home side they were facing the stands on the visitor side they were facing the field and you couldn't hear yourself talk so I had our security guys that traveled, Ray Goga and Johnny Parker, I gave them some wire cutters and I told them to cut the wires. (laughs) Well, they did. And they fixed them, and right before kickoff, I told them to cut them again, and they did. And so we didn't have the blaring sound. uh, And we could listen and talk to ourselves. And then, right before kickoff, as two teams come on the field for television, they always have the visiting team come out first. And they were jerking me and trying to pull me to get the team to come out on the field, and I said no. And people asked me, why not? I said, well, there's 100,000 people, and you can't boo and cheer at the same time. 
<laughs> I'm coming out the same time Tennessee. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's smart right there, Coach. What did what did uh what did uh Coach Majors say to you when he found out you cut those wires? He did never knew that <laughs> he until <took> later. <laughs> of course. <laughs> His comment was, well, I know knew you'd do something like that. <laughs> but And then uh, he, I came back in there in 91. So that was 11 years later when I was at Mississippi State. And I'm out on the field pregame, and this guy walks up and pulls my shirt. And I turn around and he points his finger at me. He says, you're not cutting my speaker wires today. (laughs) (laughs) And I looked at him and I started laughing. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Oh, man. That's great right there. That is great. That is great. Well, uh, Coach, it's going to be an emotional time, especially pregame. Once the ball is kicked off, you know, football is football. But – uh, I hope you have a great speech to those Pittsburgh uh, players and let them understand how important Coach Majors is. And for us spectators, I hope we see an awesome game. And uh, I know Tennessee fans want the win and Pittsburgh fans want the win. Uh, but this is this is about Coach Majors and his legacy. I just appreciate you coming on the program this morning to share uh, a little bit of Coach Majors' legacy and the stories uh, that you that you have with him. So, Coach Cheryl, thank you so much. And I hope you have a good time here in Knoxville, and I wish you nothing but the best. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Coach. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Coach Cheryl. Man, what a a story. That's something that we would do, Ben. We would cut the cords, too. Yes, we we would. I would definitely do that. (laughs) I would definitely do that. No, you would send me over to cut the cords is what would happen. Yeah, probably. Go cut cut those cords. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. 11 years later, someone came over to him. You ain't going to cut them cords today. (laughs) I know it was you. I'm on to you. I'm on to you, Coach. Coach Cheryl. Oh, good stuff right there. 865-255-03. Be right back.